Good evening, Lake Church. Oh, come on. Good evening, Lake Church. Hello, everybody online. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Hello. There we go. All right. Well, thank you for joining us live and online. And uh, tonight, I just want to welcome you to Wednesday Night Live. So we got some announcements. We got two new series out there. How many of you enjoyed Cross-Eyed? That was an awesome series. I'll tell you, you can pick this up for $24.99 out there in the bookstore and pay for it over there at the coffee shop. And then hear and be healed. So both of these are $24.99. I guarantee you I'm going to try to talk somebody out of one. So what are you laughing at me now for? All right. I just can't win, guys. I just can't win. All right. We got a missions play fundraiser. Yeah, you guys are on it. This is a lighthearted play this year. Nobody gets beat and killed. <clears throat> It's on Friday, March 10th, and Saturday, March 11th. Um, Tickets are $30 each. All proceeds go to Lake Church Missions. Tickets are sold out there in the commons. You can see some of the uh, ladies or men. Charlie was selling tickets earlier. I um, don't know what time the play starts. I ask your forgiveness on that. I believe it's around 6, isn't it? 6.30. So anyway, whoever. Check the ticket. All right. Then, ladies, are you excited? Um, Greater Grace Women's Adventure with special guest Melanie Clay will be ministering Thursday, March 30th and Friday, March uh, 31st, the doors will open at 6. The conference will begin at 7. If you've never heard Melanie, you will enjoy her. She's an awesome woman of God. I've known them for years, her and her husband, Randy, and you will enjoy it. Early bird cost is $25, and conference T-shirts are available for a pre-order for 15 bucks until March 19th. You can register at lake-church.com through the bulletin app or on Facebook Greater Grace event page. So ladies, don't miss a chance to do that. Everybody, don't miss a chance to get these two series. And now it's the time for... Awesome. You got, you're well trained. Wade's, Wade's trained you well. There's several ways you can give. You can give uh, with the seat back uh, envelopes there. You can give cash, check, credit card, the old-fashioned way, write them all out, all that kind of stuff. Or you can use the church app. Now, that's my favorite. If you don't know how to download the church app or anything, we have cards out in the foyer as you walk in. And those cards give you step-by-step instruction. Also, you can give by text to give, which is behind the seats. It's stuck on there. You can read that and download and figure out how to do that. 
You know, um, I'm getting ready to head to the Philippines here on the 23rd of the month. And I want to thank everybody because you're sowing seed into a great time. We have three seminars lined up. And, you know, it's because of your giving that these lives are being changed. And, you know, we're going to have a special event. I don't know if Mark has the thing, but you probably saw it on Facebook today. We're having a midnight revival. And uh, the midnight revival is for India. We will be doing it at 10 o'clock at night till 1230 in the morning. But it'll be 930 their morning in India on the Saturday. So we're going to be doing that. You are welcome to come and join us here at the church if you stay up that late and uh, enjoy with us. It'll be Pastor Greg, myself, and Pastor Kevin. And, you know, this, this is what your tithes and offerings goes to so that we can do events like this. We're hosting food and a venue for them to all come together and meet while we do this online meeting. So I'm going to pray you can drop your offerings in the back back there in the bucket on your way out, and then we'll turn this over to Mr. Jesse. Father, I just thank you for the gift and the giver. Lord, I just ask that you just bless each and every one. Father, I thank you that you are sowing seed here that's reaching the world. Lord, we just thank you for all that's going to be said and done tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Hello. Good evening. How are you wonderful people doing this evening? It's great to see you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to give a special welcome to everybody that's joining us online. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad that you're with us. We know that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Isn't that right? That's one thing I was meditating on today was that uh, many times we get the meditation part on the wrong aspect, the seeking part on the wrong aspect in that uh, we're seeking the reward instead of him. But the Bible doesn't say that he's a rewarder of those who seek rewards. He says he's a rewarder of those that seek him. All right? Do I got to prime the pump a little bit? I'm looking for an amen right there. So he, said, he says that he's not a rewarder of those that seek rewards. He's a rewarder of those that seek him. Isn't that right? So God rewards those of you that have made the effort to be here this evening, that have made the effort to tune in wherever you may be, whether it's locally or across the nation or even around the world. I don't know if you guys are aware of it, but we do broadcast in over 90 nations around the globe. This is an international thing. It's not just the corner of Highway 48 and 51 in Manford, Oklahoma. This is around the world that God is accomplishing kingdom business through Lake Church and, and what you guys give towards regularly through tithes and offerings and just being a part of this ministry in whatever shape or form that takes and whatever way uh, that you serve or are a part of what's going on here and what God does through Lake Church. But, you know, you guys get the credit for that. Amen. I'm priming the pump. Kevin, I'm priming the pump. You guys get credit for that. 
Uh, all right. You guys get credit for that. Amen. Hallelujah. We, we need to be aware that every task has purpose. All right. So every time that we show up is not just to fill a seat or to partake or consume. It's to contribute. Isn't that right? So each and every time that we come to either uh, come and be a part of the service or to serve in some capacity, we are performing a task that has purpose. Isn't that right? And so that purpose is to fulfill the mandate of God, and that is to make disciples of all nations. Isn't that right? So as the ministry goes forth, as the Word of God goes forth, everything that it takes for that to happen, whether you're on the technical team, whether you're watching kids over there changing diapers, whether you're uh, parking lot, it doesn't matter. You are a part of what God is doing through Lake Church. Isn't that right? Amen. So who amongst us are excited to be a part of what God's doing tonight? Amen. I know that uh, I consider it a great honor and a privilege to be in this pulpit. Uh, there have been some mighty generals of God standing in this pulpit. And, uh, you know, I don't take it lightly. I don't, you know, I, uh, Pastor Kevin asked me if I was available to minister this evening. And I said, well, definitely I am available to do that. And, you know, every time that I'm asked to do this, immediately, it's not so much the anxiety of, oh, no, I have to perform. It's the understanding of the gravity of what God's asking me to do. And so all I have to do is, you know, Harrison and I were talking about this before service started, is I don't have to perform. That takes a lot of the, you know, it takes all the pressure off of me. I don't have to have a joke to open up with. I don't have to have an amusing anecdote. I just have to be willing and give God my yes and take him at his word where the Bible says that if I'll open my mouth, the Holy Spirit will fill it with the words. And if I surrender myself and submit myself to the will and the spirit of God, then he will fulfill his promise and he will speak through me. So how many of us are here tonight expecting to interact with the spirit of God through the Bible. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I know that you guys have heard this before, but it it's always uh, bears repeating, is that, you know, pastors used this illustration before, that when the clouds outside are full of water and they finally release their contents into the earth, it's not the rain that's falling, it's the earth that's pulling the rain down. Isn't that right? So in the same way, that natural truth gives us a picture of a spiritual truth in that we are tasked with the responsibility. I said responsibility to pull on the anointing. And so I step into the pulpit fully expecting for God to operate through me because my ability to teach and to preach is a manifestation of my faith in the Word of God. So if the Bible says that I've been gifted with the ability to teach, then I need to have faith in that gift. And so my faith in that gift mandates that I surrender myself to the voice of God. And, and, you know, some people get a little bit out of shape when you say things like this. But the Word of God says that when I'm in the pulpit, and not just me, but anybody that's speaking on behalf of God in the pulpit, ministry gifts, fivefold ministry gifts, they are the oracle of God. So even though it might sound like Jesse Lindley tonight, it's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? So we need to cognizantly, intentionally, aware, we need to be aware of the interaction with the Spirit of God. Isn't that right? So when you see me get up here instead of Pastor Greg, you don't roll your eyes. 
It's like, oh, this guy. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, I just want to talk about these two series real quick. I know that you guys have been enjoying Cross-Eyed past several weeks. It's been such a tremendous, tremendous time of God's revelation being poured forth. Now, these might have been some truths that you've heard before, but praise God, we've heard them now. Isn't that right? It's been, it's just really been an impactful time, not just uh, being uh, a time of review of scriptures that we may have heard before, but for them to be opened up to us so that they are cemented, so that we can walk out Paul's prayer for us in Ephesians chapter 3 that we're rooted and grounded in love. If we're cross-eyed, we become rooted and grounded in the love of God. We're immovable, unshakable. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, the more you amen, the better I get. So I encourage you to pick this series up, listen to it, listen to it, listen to it, listen to it. And when you're done, listen to it some more. Buy another one to give away. Buy three or four to give away. Amen. So make sure that you go back there and pick this up. It's been tremendous, an amazing time in the Word of God. Amen. Wouldn't you agree with that? And hallelujah, on Wednesday nights we've been talking about hear and be healed. Has that, have you guys been blessed by that? Yes. By show of hands, I've been curious about this, I was thinking about this today. How many have experienced healing in your body because of this series? Several people, look around, Hold, keep your hands up. This is a testimony, they overcome by the word of their testimony. Isn't that right? So as you look around and you see all the people that have been personally affected by the word coming forth, you hear the word and you are healed. Isn't that right? right. Amen. So don't stop hearing. Hear, hear, keep hearing, keep hearing, mutter, chew on it, prophesy to yourself, remind yourself. Confess things by faith, release faith-filled words so that your soul will hear it. Release faith-filled words originating from the Spirit of God from your spirit through the vessel of your body so that your soul will become convinced and you're able to release faith. And faith is what makes these things cross over from the spirit realm into the natural realm. Isn't that right? Here, you hear and be healed. It doesn't have to be for me or Pastor Kevin or Joel or anyone else. You can say it yourself. You can prophesy to yourself in your car. You can hear and be healed. The reason that God spoke the word is so that it could be written down so that we could speak it out. And we need to be aware of and decide that we are convinced of the fact of when I speak God's word, it holds the same power and is just as effective as when God spoke it himself originally. You say, Jesse, whoa, hey, man, that's a pretty high estimation of yourself. Well, that's what the Bible says about me. And as a matter of fact, for me to reject the truth of what the Bible says about me is actually pride. Now, wait a minute. We need to be lowly and poor in spirit. That's not what is being said there. We need to elevate ourselves to the estimation that God has in us. We need to step up to, we need to realize that God has more faith in us than we have in ourselves. 
that it's always been the plan since the beginning, since infinity past, that God demonstrate his infinite manifold wisdom through the church and each one of us individually as members of the body. And for me to decide that mm, I don't know that I qualify, that is for me to doubt God's infinite wisdom. That is, I am implying, whether I'm aware of it or not, whether I intended on doing this or not, I have accused God of not being infinitely wise. I have decided I'm more wise than he is. (laughs) You didn't like that one. All right. All right. Praise the Lord. So make sure that you guys uh, make yourselves available to these series. That was my whole point. I got fired up a little bit. Praise the Lord. You guys forgive me? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So that being said, next Wednesday night, uh, Pastor Greg is going to start a new series covering the book of Ephesians and go verse by verse, line upon line, precept upon precept. He's going to dig into that book. Now, I've taught this book for many years in uh, Train Bible College, but I tell you what, Kevin told me that tonight, and I was like, oh. I cannot wait. Amen. So make sure that you guys come and be a part of that. I know that you'll be blessed by it. There's nothing in my cup. I'll just take this little. Way to go, Joe. That's what it is. Hallelujah. You guys will have to forgive my hoarseness. You guys willing to, to listen past my hoarseness? The enemy has tried to come against me with sickness. But those are lying symptoms that I refuse to accept. And in Jesus' name, I come against each and every lying symptom that's trying to manifest itself in my body. You're an illegal entrant, and I command you to go. You're unwelcome here. And I cast out that spirit of sickness in Jesus' name. I speak directly to the congestion and command it to go. And I thank you, Lord, that we see it for what it is and that it is simply a distraction that will cause us to not be able to receive from the spirit of the Lord. And I do not submit. I do do not submit. And I am the healed of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. And I loose the life of God into my own body. I am the healed of the Lord. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Let's just continue in that vein. Do me a favor, let's all stand up and let's give praise and honor where praise and honor are due. Heavenly Father, we just give you praise and honor and glory. Thank you so much, Lord, for this opportunity to come together and partake of your spirit. We thank you for your corporate anointing. And we determine to pull on that anointing in Jesus' name. We're going to pull everything out of it that you've got for us, Father. And in Jesus' name, I submit myself to uh, the anointing and the unction. I thank you, Lord, that nothing comes out unless it's by your Spirit in Jesus' name. Father, we just want to elevate you and magnify you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I just sense that there's a there's breakthrough that is tied to our ability and willingness to press through. And I'm not talking about specifically tonight. Of course, that's true of each and every time that we come together corporately. When we press through our own discomfort, our own uh, distraction of the work week. But I, I sense in my spirit that there are people that have... Um, You're, you're near the point of giving up. Say, man, I, I've, how long? How long? How long? How long? And so the Spirit of the Lord would say to you that your breakthrough is on the other side of your ability and willingness to press through. And that this testing is not so that you will be, um, It's not to keep you down. It's so that you will see what's in you. It's so that you will see what's in you. And on the other side, there is freedom. There's release. There's an explosion on the inside in the inner man. There's, there's faith that is exponentially compounded where you've known it to a certain level, but it will break through into another level from glory to glory, and you'll begin to experience what you've been pressing toward. Jeff, you're almost there, man. You're almost there. You're almost there. You're almost there. You're almost there. And the level of faith that it has been required um, will propel you into the next season where this faith is a building block for the next requirement of faith. And that those things that were birthed in you, I think some of these things have been in the works for many, many years. That the Lord is saying that now is the time because of your faithfulness, but we have to, be remember, we have to remember that when the fullness of time has come, there have been many things that you've been aware of so that you could make your, uh, arrange yourself to be ready when the time has come. And so the Lord says, you're almost there, you're almost there, you're almost there. Keep pressing in because those things that I birthed in you years ago, this is the season where they begin to come to pass. Amen. Amen. Does that bear witness to you? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, let's take our seats this evening. I've got some things that I want to share with you. Let's turn together in Romans chapter 10.
And um, I want to kind of piggyback off of the series that we just concluded here in Be Healed. And so um, I titled my message tonight, Believe It or Not. And as we go through here, there's a few things that uh, I believe the Spirit wants to bring out. But this is kind of a launching point. I was trying to come up with a title last night, and there wasn't. It was, I was just having trouble nailing down one thing. So we'll just start here. How about that? Amen. Romans chapter 10, this is Paul explaining um, the gospel having originally being, been intended by God to be carried throughout the world through the nation of Israel. And in verse 1 of chapter 10, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. And what he's saying is the knowledge of Christ. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Ignorant is what the word used in King James, but you could break that down and say ignorant. They willingly ignored they intentionally and understandingly ignored God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. So, originally God's intent was that the Jews spread the gospel throughout the world. But the gospel is not the law. The gospel is not the law. Because it says right there, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. The law wasn't meant to bring righteousness. The law was meant to show us that we could not do what it took to be righteousness. But instead, that everyone that believes was made righteous. To everyone that believes... Abraham, Father Abraham, was not a Jew. You guys understand that? He wasn't Jewish. He was Chaldean. But through him, the nation of Israel was brought into being. So he believed God, took God at his word, and it was counted unto him as righteousness. That means the origin of salvation was the same in the Old Covenant as it is in the New Covenant, that we're saved by faith. We're made righteous through faith. So that message was meant to be carried out through the world, through the Jews. But if you look through, uh, if you look to verse uh, 11, it says, for the scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Now that's a reference to Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. And what he's talking about is the great white throne judgment. And so whoever believes on him will not have to face that judgment. Driving home the point that salvation is through faith, not by the keeping of the law. So now you get to uh, verse 12, for there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So this is an indictment against the nation of Israel. They did not bring the message that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. They brought the message whosoever fulfills the law will be made righteous. So because of that, God um, 
said, well, you guys are in timeout. And so instead, I'm going to bring about the church, and I'm going to task them with the ministry of reconciliation, and I'm going to give them the task of spreading the gospel, not the law, the gospel. The good news that is that we are made righteous through faith in what Jesus has done on our behalf. That salvation comes from faith. It's made available by the grace of God, it says in Ephesians, through faith. Both of those things are necessary. It's a gift of God. We receive it by faith, but even that is a gift of God so that we can't boast. Meaning salvation is a gift, certainly, but the faith to receive is a gift of God. Isn't that right? So all of it is a gift from God. So when you get down to uh, verse 14, how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So basically, if you read this backwards... It says, you need a preacher so they can hear. Right? And they need to hear before they can believe. Isn't that right? And then they need to believe before they'll call out on God. We need to understand that there's a difference between belief and faith. Belief and faith are not the same thing. Belief is a determination. Belief starts in the solical realm. You are determined to believe that what you've heard about the gospel is true. And then you demonstrate that faith by calling out on the name of the Lord. Belief comes first so that you can release faith. There's been many times where I've tried to release faith, but I wasn't fully convinced And then there's other times where I was convinced, but I never released any faith. And in both instances, I was disappointed and frustrated at the lack of results. Verse 14, how then shall they call on him? Underline that, circle it, highlight it, however you mark your Bible, draw a star next to it. The calling on him is the demonstration of faith. But the demonstration of faith, the expression of faith, cannot come until they believe. Isn't that right? So you have to believe first so that you can release faith. But verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? Now, I'm going to say something that may be a little uh, confrontational. But let me just give you a little sidetrack here. You know, sometimes we need to make ourselves accountable to each other. Where I have close friends where if they say to me, Hey, Jesse, uh, you might want to 
wipe your nose. I can get mad at them for speaking the truth to me in love. They just don't want me to be embarrassed by a big booger hanging out of my nose. Or I can go, oh, good looking out, brother. Amen? So we've gotten to the point in the church where we don't want to be held accountable to each other. And since I don't want to be accountable to Wade, I'm not going to bring anything to his attention either. And so we go about our ways separately instead of corporately. We're meant to be the body of Christ operating together toward one goal, and that is to, to carry out kingdom mandates together. The enemy seeks to divide and conquer. Does that give me license to go to Alex and just beat on, just beat on him all the time? Uh, it's truth in love, brother. It's not my fault you get offended about it. That's not what's being said at all. First of all, if I don't know him, I don't have that place in his life. But if I have a relationship with him, he's going to give me that permission to speak into his life. And there may come a time where he and I are talking. Now, we know each other just a little bit, he and I are acquaintances. I just see him there and I, you know, I had to use somebody. But let's say he and I, our relationship develops, we, we become friends and he starts to express some frustration in his life, some things that he keeps running into is, man, I just keep, it seems like there's this one thing that I keep, it's just that one wall that I keep hitting. And through my relationship with him, because I'm a friend to him, because he's given me that permission to speak into his life, it may be time for me to speak the truth and love to him and go, well, I mean, because maybe it's your, because you're carnal. Right? He, he won't want to hear that. And he can go, forget you, man. I'll never tell you nothing ever again. But like Pastor says, I've heard him say it many times, the truth will make you miserable before it makes you free. So I say all that to say this. I'm speaking the truth in love. You can choose to uh, accept that. You know, from my heart is that I want each of us to be able to walk uh, more closely together because that's the design of God. Amen. Instead of separately and suffering alone, you know that any time the enemy can get you alone, he's got you right where he wants you. Because he can tell you whatever he wants to then. Where maybe if we submitted ourselves one to another and iron sharpens iron, you know, there may be a time where you can come to me and say, Jesse, you know. And see, I submitted myself to, to my wife. Sometimes I'll go to her and say, did I, is it me? And I can't just be like, it can't just be rhetorical. I got to actually be willing to receive it if she says, yeah, buddy, that was all you. Amen. Amen. So in Isaiah, when it says who has received the report of the Lord and who has the arm of of God been revealed, he's talking about 
who has heard the gospel and believed it. So, if we don't see what is being expressed as truth, as fulfilled promise in the Word of God coming to pass in our lives, there's only two reasons for that. It's either, A, we don't know it, we haven't heard it. No one ever told me that. Wish that could be true, but I highly doubt it in this church. Because we eat well here. Isn't that right? Or you just don't believe it. And that makes people mad. Now, wait a minute. That means it's my fault. Pretty much. Because it's not God's fault. So, once we get down to verse 16, where that is the quotation of Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Verse 17, so then, now he's arrived here because of the, four, the three questions asked previously through verses 14 and 15, the four questions there, this is where we arrive after asking those questions. Now, so then, we've arrived here. We can deduce that. We can um, surmise that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So that means the Jews didn't believe it. If they did, they wouldn't have been preaching law. They would have been preaching grace. They would have been preaching righteousness through faith. So they didn't even believe their own report. So that's why we can see that people were not delivered because there was not faith. Isn't that right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That word, the word word is rhema. You guys know that. The communicated word of God. Communication is not what's said, it's what's heard. Communication, by definition, is an impartation of information. Imparting, impartation, means to leave you with something. There's an exchange in some way. No, I'm not exchanging anything. You know, God doesn't need anything from me, but I offer my praise. I offer him my adoration. I offer him myself as a living sacrifice. But in exchange, he imparts unto me. He communicates unto me. The, 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 the children of Israel heard the gospel many times. Many, many, many times. But they never heard it. So we can hear and be, we can hear and 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 we can hear. How many people here have heard one verse a million times and then there's that one time where, boom, whoa. The key is in this passage of scripture. Once you are determined that God's word is true, you choose to believe it first then you can release faith because God has then communicated. You've heard God. 
You decide to believe is true. You cannot hear from God until you decide that what God's word says is true. Then comes faith. Isn't that right? So, that was kind of an introduction. Now that I'm halfway through my time. But I need to lay that groundwork that we need to determine to believe. We need to decide. I need to be convinced. And earlier in Romans 10, 9 and 10, we're very familiar with this passage of Scripture. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God's raised him from the dead, the belief causes the confession. The belief brings about the expression of faith. Then you're saved. Isn't that right? For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So when you confess with the mouth that Jesus is Lord, that word confess actually means it's more accurately translated as profess. And what that means is to make the declaration that this is who I am and this is what I believe. This is non-negotiable. This is what makes me me. But many times we quote scriptures and there's no conviction. We're trying to release faith for things we're not convinced of. When I was a kid, I was probably, I don't know, mom, do you remember Gary and Ruthie when they lived next door to us? I was maybe 10 or 11. I was young. So our neighbor boy, he, his name was Gary and he was probably, I don't know, six or seven. He was younger than me. So one day, his football ends up in our yard, and I picked up the football, and it's gray on it, G-R-A-Y. So he was like, hey, man, toss the ball back. And I was like, why does it say gray on there? Because that's my name. I was like, your name's Gary. He goes, that's what that says. I said, no, this says gray. And he got so mad at me. That says Gary. I was like, no, it doesn't. Because we're kids, you know. I'm, I'm not letting that go, Jack. Tell me. I know how to read. That says great. But he was so convinced that that said Gary, even though he was wrong, he was under the conviction. He was convinced. And I wasn't telling him nothing. That says Gary. I'm here to submit to you, speaking the truth in love, that there are many times when we go quoting scripture that we're convicted of things that are not true. And we lack the conviction to release faith for things that are. So we can hear and be healed so long as the hearing causes us to be convinced. So that we can release faith and be healed. Because, you know, I'm glad for reports of healing. It's exciting for me to see all the hands that went up that were able to release faith and receive healing through the series that we've just gone through, the Hear and Be Healed. That's that's awesome. It's exciting. I, I think it would be awesome if people that are joining online would comment and say, that was me too. I want to hear from people out there too. I mean, that's awesome. That means that the Spirit of God really is moving. Amen? 
Not that I doubted it, but man, it's awesome to see confirmation, isn't that right? That gives me jazz, man. But there's people that didn't. We all sat under the same teaching. So what I'm saying is, through Scripture, not through my own imagination, that we can hear the Word, but without the catalyst of faith, it's only philosophy. And philosophy will kill you. Philosophy is what starts wars. Philosophy is what starts psyops and releases viruses throughout the world. I didn't say that. Those are all philosophies. That's an elevation over wisdom, of wisdom over faith. So without the catalyst of faith, what we've decided is true is only philosophy. Isn't that right? Faith is what makes it come, come to pass. Look with me in Psalm chapter 42. I know that you guys have heard about what's going on across the nation, about revival that has broken out. Anybody not heard about what's going on across all just tons of college campuses? Uh, I read an article recently that was talking about a Christian heavy metal band who was performing in a bar, like a bar type bar, beer bar. And revival broke out in the bar. And there were people repenting and crying out to the Lord and being born again in the midst of the bar scene with the PBR signs and the Budweiser dartboard. You know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe the younger people don't know. And if you don't want people to know you know, just keep looking forward. I know you know what I'm talking about. I used to be pretty salty at darts, I'm just saying. Anyway. So you guys, I know, are aware of... Um, the revival that's being poured out, the revival that's spreading across the nation. And I also am aware that people are crying out to the Lord, we want that here, we want that here, please bring that here, we want that so badly. So we need to, instead of deciding that God sovereignly pours out where he wants to and has decided to, because that's not how God works. God didn't go and throw a dart at the map. And looks like Kentucky. Looks like we're starting in Kentucky. We have to consider that maybe they're doing something we're not. Right? I mean, that's a fair, isn't that right? Okay. Psalm 42, verse 1. As the heart pants after the water brooks, so pants my soul after thee, O God. That's us. Bring revival here. God, bring revival. Now, at the same time, there's been just a a wave of critics who have decided why that's not actually true revival, why it's not, you know what I'm saying. There's critics. I think a lot of that is they're just jealous. Perhaps we've decided we deserved it more. Why them? We're the charismatic church. They're just the Methodists. 
All right. Here we go. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been meat day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? Now, has the devil not been thumbing his nose at us? Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. Now, skip down to verse 7. This is what I want to get to. This is a scripture that I hear hyper-spiritual people use all the time. And it's pretty clear they don't know what they're talking about. It says, deep calls unto deep at the noise of your water spouts, it says in the King James. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Hyper-spiritual people want to say, deep calls out to deep. If you're not receiving deep, then it's because you ain't deep. Well, maybe according to you. But that's not what's being said. It's a word picture here. He's talking about deep being a wave. One wave brings in another wave. Deep calls out to deep. One wave comes in, crashes in the shore. There's another wave right behind it. Deep calls out to deep. This is a picture of how God operates in the spirit realm, that what God does is comes in waves. And if you're paying attention at all and are sensitive to what's happening in the spirit realm at all, you can see that this revival that's starting to spread is a wave that's beginning to build. Right? So, anybody know anything about surfing? Joel does. I know Joel and Ronnie. They're from California. They know about surfing. And my man Craig Anderson, he's from Hawaii. Shout out to Craig. I know he knows about surfing. And he's like, Jesse, you're from Oklahoma. What do you know about it? I read books. I've seen a lot of videos. No, I understand the concept, okay? But uh, what happens is when you're surfing, you don't stay in the breakers, you know what the breakers are? That's where they crash. That's where you. That's where the kids play up on the beach, and that's up close, and where you can touch the bottom and boogie boarding stuff like that, body surfing and stuff like that. That's in the breakers. That's where the where it crashes over and it breaks and it comes into shore, right? Well, if you're going to surf, you need to swim out past the breakers, back to the swells where they're beginning to rise. And so as you're out there in the swells where the waves come, you can recognize through that swell, up oh, here it comes, here it comes. And so you start to paddle and you position yourself where you're already in motion. So where the time when the wave gets you, you hop up on the board and baby, you're surfing. So you put yourself into position to receive what's coming. It's just like um, in football, again, it's like, Jesse, what do you know about football? I don't really watch football, but I understand how it's played. (laughs) Let's say a wide receiver, the play calls for you to do yada yada. (laughs) Right? You know what? You got to listen to what I mean. You know what I mean. The quarterback throws to the yada yada. He doesn't throw to where that man is. Right? He throws to where that man needs to be. So that man puts himself into position to receive. 
So when you sense the swell, when you're out there surfing, you're not playing in the breakers. You're not hung up in the tradition of men. Playing in the breakers on the beach. I tell you what, if you ride the wave all the way into the breakers, you're done surfing. So if you're out there and you see the swell coming, you paddle, you paddle, you paddle, you paddle. It's coming, you paddle, you paddle. And then when the swell gets behind you and you you start to feel that push, then you hop up on the board and you're surfing, baby. Then you have to determine, all right, this wave is about to break. And you bail out to swim back out into the swell. Right? Ezekiel chapter 47. Again, this is a passage I'm sure you guys have heard before. But faith comes by hearing, amen, the communicated, the imparted rhema word of Christ. Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 1. Afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east. Now, prophetically, he's talking about Jerusalem, that this is the source of all of the rivers of life and all of that. And the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar, then brought me out of the way of the gate northward. It led me out about the way without under the other gate. Uh, Let's see. Behold, there ran out water on the right side. Verse 3, and when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. And again, he measured, now that was an invitation, come join me out here. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. He invited him, so Ezekiel goes out there with him. The invitation, come out here in the water with me. Ezekiel goes with him. Now it's up to his knees. Again, he measured a thousand, and he brought me through the waters, were to the loins. It's getting pretty deep now. But still, Ezekiel is heeding the invitation and goes out with him into the water. The more we heed, the deeper it gets. Afterward, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. So what he's talking about is as we heed the call, deep calls to deep, as we ride one wave, another wave comes, we're pulled out into the deep end. As we get accustomed to the spirit and the depth that the spirit is moving, the spirit of God says, let's go a little deeper. You like that? Let's go deeper. We have to heed the call. We've got to go with him. We can refuse. We can stay here. We can play in the breakers. We can build sandcastles. We can bury each other in the sand because it's fun. It's what we know, and it's safe. Or we can heed the call. Let's get out here. It's a little risky now. Oh, snap. Oh, dang. Now we're really doing something. It's uh, <laughs> cold, too. Wow. Hey, wow. You can really start to feel the power now. Oh, man, this is... 
then we're really doing something now. Now the invitation is let's go a little deeper. Oh, whoa, it's up to the waist now. Man, we're really, hey, hey, what's up? But the invitation is to go even deeper where we're fully submerged, where we're taken along, we're swept away with the moving of the Spirit. The invitation is to no longer be satisfied playing on the beach with the kids. But to swim out past the breakers, out into the deep. We need to recognize that what's happening around this country and around the world, that the revival is the swell, it's the wave of what's coming in. Now, I can't definitively say that this is it. I hope so. It could be the big one. That's immaterial. Either way, it's the swell. It's what's coming in. Amen? So we need to position ourselves. That's, you, you know, you, it's no mystery that the level of teaching here has just kept ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. You guys need to give yourselves a little credit is that the Spirit has been inviting us deeper and deeper and deeper. And so we've been able to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And so the Holy Spirit has been able to illuminate more and more and more. And we are being rewarded for our diligent seeking of Him. Amen? So the word is keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep going, keep going, because it gets better. It gets deeper. It's We're going farther. Amen? And the Bible says, Moses prophesied that a nation that wasn't even looking for me found me. Talking about God. And the Gentiles weren't even looking for God, but God revealed himself to them because the, the Israelites refused to believe him. So the call is, what's being placed before us now is, will you believe me? And be found and provoke those who are jealous into further jealousy, which accomplishes God's will either way. That awakens a hunger for God. I want what they've got. Good. That's the point. So the revival that's going on could either be looked at like, well, why don't we get that? Or it could be looked at as like, I want that too. Amen. So as I was meditating and studying today, um, the Lord gave me this this word, okay? And um, I wanna I wanna bring it forth uh, right now, okay? I was just kind of meditating and studying and jotting down notes, and most of the time when I study, it's just a couple bullet points. You know, God's just kind of gifted me with an ability to. Uh, you know, you give me four bullet points, I'm good for a couple hours. My wife just said, Pfft. she knows. But I was writing, and I couldn't put the pen down. And it wasn't like it normally is where I just, I, my notation is a little star and a bullet point, And that keeps me on track. And one bullet point, I can go for 20, 30 minutes. But I was writing and writing and writing and writing and writing. So that's how I knew it was the Spirit of the Lord. And I had to get it out. And my hands started cramping. And it's like, press through, Jesse. Press through. Keep going. Keep going. So this is what the word of the Lord is. We're being called out into the deep things of the Holy Spirit. Great truths, previously mysteries, are being revealed so that we might swim in the depths of the Spirit and be used to the fullest of God's plan for us as the church 
to turn the hearts of man back to me, says the Lord. Come, see, taste, feel, fully partake in that which I have ordained from before the foundation of the earth that you, my bride, should walk in. But there are those who have refused my free gift of grace and will suffer the same fate as the children of disobedience. You will watch as I pour out my spirit on those that are willing to do it my way. They will be used mightily because the sincere desire and heart's cry has been for me and not my recognition of their accomplishments, which were apart from me, done through human effort, out of a proud spirit. Behold, even now I am revealing myself unto the whole world, and they are beginning to see and experience me while my church scrambles for man's approval. Turn, turn to me, turn from your own lofty ways. See that I am mighty and greatly to be praised, and that my desire, and behold, my great pleasure is to reveal myself through you, my church. Listen to the voices of my prophets. Heed the instruction of my under-shepherds. Carry out my purposes and plans for you, my church. Be what I have called you to be. Be that light on a hill that cannot be hid. Die to self and live unto me. (coughs) Pardon me. And great and eternal shall be my reward. That shall eclipse and swallow all that has distracted and led you away from me and my purposes for you. So that there will be no remembrance of any sorrow or toil. No remembrance of heartache or loss. Only my presence and glory. And there you shall be forever and ever. Amen. Glory to God. 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 Father, we receive your word in the name of Jesus. And we take up this mandate in faith and obedience. We repent. Father, I repent. While there may be godly sorrow and remorse for my actions, my repentance is demonstrated by my turning toward you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I'll leave you with this. I've gone over my time just a little bit. I'll leave you with this. Is that's what God has in mind for us. That's what he's calling us unto. That's what he's made the way for for us uh, to be possible to walk in so we have to choose to believe it so we believe it or we don't 
Amen. So with that, I want to extend an invitation. I, I know a lot of you, a lot of you look familiar. I know that uh, we're born again. But uh, if there's any anybody that does not know Jesus, then please come forward. And we'll have ministers that will pray for you, <coughs> pray with you to receive that free gift. If you want to rededicate yourself or be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, then we can make that happen tonight. Amen? Amen. If you have any need at all, if you're like the man that came to Jesus and said, I believe, help thou my unbelief. If the Holy Spirit has shown you that you have a certain amount of belief, but there's unbelief that needs to be removed, then we'll have ministers that are up here and they'll agree with you in prayer and we can take care of that tonight. Amen? All right. So with that, you guys are dismissed. I love you.